good. Uh, happy Tuesday, y'all. We're here. Uh, this is a Tuesday show, um, and we're going to knock out some interview. We're going to knock out a really dope interview today. Um, got a really awesome rapper, but we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Uh, so today, I'm going to go ahead and read his bio, all right? I'm going to go ahead and read his bio. Today's guest goes by the name of Benji Fetch. Uh, Benji is an Atlanta rapper, singer, songwriter, actor, model, entrepreneur, and philanthropist. Benji first released his single Scales in 2020. His witty and unapologetic lyrics and remarkable delivery made him stand out immediately. After releasing a slew of self-engineered and produced freestyles, branding himself as the black boy Barbie Ken, we're going to get into that, uh, who loves the color Tiffany blue, he began to gain attention as a rapper. His connections in the fashion industry and LGBTQ ballroom solidified him as a force to be reckoned with very early on. Benji released his first extended playlist in January of 2022 known as Butch Queen, where he displayed vulnerability and emotion like no one had ever heard from him before. Fetch was born in Marietta, Georgia, where he grew up in the projects of Lyman Holmes, better known as Baptist Town. He realized at a young age he had a gift of writing poetry. Benji had it, had run-ins with the law very early on for petty crimes and drug solicitation. In order to keep out of the streets, Benji consumed himself in the arts of theater and show choir. This built his stage presence, which made it easy for him to display the poetry he had been writing all along. Conversation for the culture, culture holics. I want y'all to welcome Benji Fetch to the show. Benji, how are you feeling today? I feel good, Mike. I feel I feel real good. I'm excited about this. Me too. So let's get into it. Let's get into it for people who don't know you. So like they got a little bio. Uh, let's start off first off. Um, one thing that I do, I like to do like a little icebreaker, right? A little icebreaker. We do a couple of different games here on the show. So our first icebreaker today, we're going to go ahead and we're going to do what I call name association, right? Okay. So I give you a name and you give me the first thing you think of um, about that person. And we're going to go ahead and we're going to knock out 10. All right. Okay. All right. So here we go. Let's get this. Let's get this. Let me turn my phone on. Do not disturb. People be trying to call me when I'm podcasting. All right. Number one, future. Drugs. <laughs> okay, I feel that. Kendrick Lamar. Mm, overrated. Ooh. Okay. Nicki Minaj. Idol. Black Barbie Ken. I guess I said. <laughs> um, Lil Nas X. Who? Were you being serious there? <laughs> is that your... That's the first thing that came to mind. Okay. <laughs> Woo! This is going to be a spicy show. I love it. Cardi B. Hardworking. That's a surprise. I'm surprised that you said that. I'm surprised you said that because I thought, okay, we'll get into that. Normani. Underrated. <laughs> Facts. Kanye West. Genius. Lil Boosie. <laughs> family. He remind me of my family. Ooh, we're definitely going to get into that. <laughs> Milan Christopher. Oh, my friend. Can, can you tell him to unblock me? Yeah, I can. <laughs> Why? <laughs> and Rihanna. Beautiful. Love it. 
All right, so two things that I want to touch on that before we get into this interview. Um, the number one surprising answer was the overrated comment about Kendrick Lamar. Why do you feel like Kendrick is overrated? Um, I think it's – I think I'm just not a huge fan of his music. I think he's talented. Um, I just don't listen to him, you know? Okay. Um, it could be because I'm from the East Coast, so like, and he's very West Coast, and it just doesn't resonate with me, you know. So I think it's more of the sound than like actually what okay. he's saying. Okay, I feel that. I feel that. And then the other one, let's talk about that one, Lil Boosie. You said family. Yeah. Um, you kind of talk about that. Um. Well, I'm from Georgia. I'm from, like I said, Marietta, Georgia. So my family is very country. Okay. And um, they just. They act like that, like Boosie. Okay, and, so not uh, so much like the stuff that he be saying then. Child, yeah, the stuff he be saying too. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Got you. So, okay. Wow, that's crazy. That's crazy. So uh, talk to me real quick. So let's go. I want to go back to the beginning, right? Um, okay. Something that stood out. It said like you were you grew up uh, in the projects of Lyman Holmes, uh, better known as Baptist Town. What was that yeah. like growing up? There, um, as a child, you don't really realize that you're what you're going through. You just live it. You know what I'm saying? So it was fun. I had a lot of friends. I was always outside. Um, you know, we always ate together. Our families were close knit because they needed each other, you know? Right. So it was like a whole culture, like a little society. Okay. I feel that. How old are you, by the way? I'm 26. All right, so you're 26. Okay, okay, we're building, we're building. All right, so how do I want to start this conversation? Where do we want to go? Let's start about, let's just go into the music first. So okay. um, I know you, and so it said 2022 is when you released Butch Queen. Um, mm -hmm. But prior to that, you had to release some freestyles and whatnot. But I see, so you said in school you were doing like show choir and whatnot. Is that where your love for the arts kind of was cultivated? Uh, well, prior to that, I was in like uh, church choirs and things like that. So I think it started there. And then once I kind of got into school and into those settings, it definitely blossomed. Okay. Um, I feel like everybody, every artist started off in church, if we're being mm -hmm. honest. That's everybody's story. Um, speaking of the church, well, we'll get into that. Um, actually, let's go ahead and get it now. Uh, I was listening to your music, doing a deep dive into <laughs> some of your music, okay. and Tuck, right? Yes. It's a great song, by the way. Um, love you. the lyrics, love the message. Um, let's talk about a couple of the things that stood out to me. Um, one thing that you said, one of the lines said that you used to F a preacher. <laughs> is that real or is that or is that cap? That's real. Everything that I talk about in my music is real. So can you talk to me about that song? Because I feel like a lot of members in the community can identify with that song. And just because uh, we've talked about it here, um, I did an episode a couple of weeks ago called The Black Gay Agenda, and we were talking about how the church handles the LGBTQ community. Mm -hmm. um, and by handles, I mean mishandles them. Uh, can you talk to me just like the process behind the song, the inspiration for that song and like how that came about? Oh, well, for Tuck, I knew I wanted to. So um, honestly, rest in peace to Lil' Key, he inspired that song heavily. Okay. Um, 
he I was really listening. I was like, I love this these melodies. And I had this beat and I'm like, what? This melody would sound very good on my own beat. So I kind of bit, bit it a little bit in a, in a sense. Mm -hmm. I made it my own. Um, but I wanted to do something that was gonna uh, confidence, build confidence within our community. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I was also taking into consideration what uh, Lil Boosie had been saying to Lil Nas X and how I'm like, you know what I mean? Like we have to learn to stand up for ourselves because like you said, the church mishandles us. And like you also said that we start, a lot of us artists start in the church. So mm -hmm. we're getting mishandled at young ages, which is making us less, less secure in our uh, manhood. Mm. Does that make sense? Makes perfectly good sense. Uh, I think back to, um, I think back to growing up. I've I've said this on the podcast before. I remember them using words in the pulpit like queen. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I was called a queen in church, and I young young sisties, me, I didn't think anything of it or a drama yeah. queen, and I didn't sisties, think bull daggers like all of that stuff. And like looking back at it, when you're an adult, you're like, wait. Like they're preaching this from the pulpit. It's mm -hmm. very dangerous. Saying things like, "Oh, it's you toxic. got these boys out here with all this sugar, <laughs> sugar in their tank." Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and that's the that's that's what we see in churches. So, like, I'm glad that you woke that up. Um, did you have a lot of pushback for that song? Either um, from people yeah. in the church, family. Yeah. So my family, not so much. Well, my my ballroom family. I don't think that. I think they kind of took offense, like the trans, the trans community probably was like, oh, he's talking about a tuck. But it's, it's, I made the song to bring uh, notoriety to that. You know what I mean? You are a person, you are your own gender or, you know? So right. my goal was never to uh, insult anybody, but to lift us up and give us confidence. So when it comes to, and I feel like, um, so I feel like when you're actual member of a community, of the community, you can have more leeway to do certain things. Um, as we know, this past, what, two weeks ago, Kendrick Lamar went ahead and he released his new album. On the album, there was a song called Auntie Diaries. Have you heard about that yet? Have you heard the song yet? I don't think so. I told you I don't okay. listen to Kendrick Lamar. Okay. I've heard one song where he was, uh, do, having like an argument back and forth, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, that, so that yeah, that one wasn't. So Auntie Diaries is a song about his. Basically, he's getting a lot of flack for it because it was for he was supporting the LGBTQ community. Oh, at the same I know what time, about. yeah, he he missed um, he misnamed his the member of his family who transitioned, and he also at the end of really? it used. The F word like twenty times. Yeah, he said faggot, 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 But he said that he was doing it to show how much, like you know. So Kendrick, like the one that you were talking about with the argument, right? The argument, like he was doing that from a perspective of a man and a woman and their toxic relationship. And this was him once again telling a story from where he used to be to where he is now. But a lot of members of the community are angry about that. Yeah, I think um, so when people, when white people mm -hmm. <laughs> do things that people uh, we, we don't like, mm -hmm. we call them culture vultures. Mm -hmm. So I think that it's, this, it, it's the same thing. 
no double standards. If he's not gay and he wants to, you know, tap into our culture, he's a culture vulture. Even if he's bringing light to, if he's speaking to cisgendered straight people. If Britney Spears says nigga and puts uh, a black guy on a song, what do you? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And yeah, that's that that was the thing. I get where he was coming from. I get his approach, but at the same t- time I feel like it was the wrong it was the wrong delivery of the approach. Yeah. I have to listen to the song to make an uh, accurate judgment, but based off of what I've seen and heard, yeah, not a lot of people are rocking with it. Um so you mentioned ballroom, right? You mentioned ballroom culture. A lot of people don't know what ballroom is. Um <laughs> Can you tell the people who you know may be listening who may not be familiar with ballroom culture? And then also, how did you get into it? Okay. Um, so ballroom is, I look at it as a place for the LGBTQ. It was curated for uh, the trans community to have a place for them to, you know, live and express themselves freely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, then Butch Queen started to join in. And now it's a whole a whole thing. I got involved through my pops, Asad. Shout out to Asad, love you, pops. Uh, and Exotic, Andre Mugler. Um, they just approached me and was like, you know, they think that this would be good for me. I had just lost my father to suicide, and mm-hmm. I was really looking for uh, camaraderie, you know, which even. God rest his soul. If my if my father were alive, I still would still have been looking for the camaraderie because he wasn't quite like me, you know. And luckily, I found this group of guys that was like me, so it worked. Nurtured me. Now I'm an entrepreneur thanks to them. You know, they inspire me to do a lot and to stay focused. I love that because family isn't always who you're born into. Uh, the Absolutely. people that you know, the people who have the same blood as you. Um, your family that she was raised with and all of that, um, were they accepting of you coming up? Um, what was like your journey as coming out as they as they said? So uh <laughs> once I decided that like well, okay, I was on I've been living on my own since I was 17. Um oh. yeah. So and it had not originally didn't have anything to do with my sexuality, it was just okay. I my we I don't know how uh, personal I want to get about it, but it was money thing, and my my mother wasn't able to you know hold things down, so um, I ended up moving out, and then my father was like, okay, move in with me, you know, which he and I didn't really have a close knit relationship because I knew in my head I'm gay, and this man is not going to be supportive of that, <laughs> but let him convince me to move in, uh, and I did, so. Um, but once I realized that I was seriously going to start dating men and that one day I would probably have a husband, I decided I wanted to tell my mom that I was gay, you know? Right. And um, so I did that. And she told my father, who I had been living with for maybe two months at the time, and he was like, you got to go. So wow. I had to kind of figure it out from there as well. Mind you, I, had to, I was probably 17, 18 at that time. It was like all over a year span. Right. Um, so I, my best friend, Dietrich, love you. Uh, he let me sleep on his floor for a while, and then I got a job, got my own place, and just elevated. And I've been elevating ever since. I love that. I love that. Being able to bounce back from 
Being able to bounce back from adversity is a, a really important thing. Um, you said something, uh, you brought up Butch Quinn. So not only you brought it up when it came to the ballroom culture, but also Butch Quinn is the title of your EP. Um, yes. People hear Butch Quinn, and at the, unless they're in the community, they're like, what is that? So what mm -hmm. is Butch Quinn? So a Butch Queen is just a gay boy. Uh, a Femme Queen would be like a trans woman. Uh, so when you're, if you're not a trans woman or super feminine, you're a Butch. So you're a Butch Queen. That's all. Nothing. It's not too. It's nothing too deep. <laughs> there you go, guys. Y'all are educated, okay? Y'all are uh, educated. So <laughs> let's get into this project, Butch Queen. We talked a little bit about it. Um, you know, with that first song that I was like, whoa. <laughs> That was a lot. Um, uh, <laughs> I was like, that was a lot. I love it. I love it. Um, how did Butch Queen come about? The EP? Yeah, the EP. Oh, well, I'm I'm a uh, poet first. So I'm always writing. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And eventually I was like, okay, I like rap. I like hip hop. Heavily inspired by Nicki Minaj. So I was like, I'm going to start, you know, making music. So I started doing that. And um, I've always known that I wanted to do an EP and I knew I was going to name it Butch Queen. I knew that uh, when I found every, as I was like writing these things years ago, um, because I'm a Butch Queen and I write about my life and I'm very vulnerable with my pen. So I'm giving you an insight to the life of a Butch Queen. And I'm not your average Butch Queen. I got a lot of, you know, cool stuff about my life. <laughs> so... <laughs> So um, abandonment issues. I want to talk about abandonment abandonment issues with you. What was the inspiration behind that song? Because it was pretty, it was pretty heavy listening to it. I'm like, wow, this is really, this is really deep. Yeah. Um, so I was in a relationship. Honestly, my entire EP I wrote and recorded while I was still in my relationship. So mm -hmm. it was from that perspective of just an unhappy spouse. Um However, I was, we, my partner and I were sitting in a car um, and that first verse, he, those were words he was saying to me. He said to me, I just feel like you don't love me for real. Um, you're only here because it's comfortable. Um, what did I say? He said, I loved you, but I didn't mean it. He told me that I feel like you don't mean it when you tell me that you love me. Hmm. Uh, I mean it. Babble must because I wasn't thinking. I mean, you cool, but I just like the feeling not being alone, having somebody there. So he told me that you are just comfortable with me being here <laughs> and you're not actually in love with me. Oh, wow. Um, which I didn't feel that way. But when you're in a relationship with, and he was older than me, a guy who's nine years older than you, they will try and manipulate and gaslight. And so I think to get his way, he kind of just threw, the, threw that at me. But I was on my phone and I was writing at the time. So I'm like taking all this in like, wow. So if this is what you think of me, there must be other guys that think like that. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? So mm -hmm. I wrote, I just wrote. <laughs> I've seen that. Yeah. A lot of people, they definitely do gaslight, especially when it's that older, younger dynamic. Mm -hmm. um, and then I have to just think, at, at, I think at the same time though, it's just like for sometimes it's like two different worlds, right? Cause mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. you know, when you have somebody in their 20s versus somebody in their 30s and like it's like that nine year, eight year, 10 year gap. And it's like those people who might be in their later 30s or whatever, um, they expect the person who's younger 
to have it all together, even though they can't forget eight years ago, you didn't have it all, you know, you didn't have it all together. And then Absolutely. they kind of played the whole power. They use age to play a power dynamic. I see that happen all the time. Absolutely. Um. So what was it that was like the catalyst for you guys to go ahead and break off? <laughs> if you, if you want to talk about it. Yeah, of course. I just started to feel like, um, not started to feel, I had been complaining of the same things for the dynamics of our entire relationship. I got tired of being accused of cheating. I got tired of uh, being manipulated, being mm -hmm. not being treated like a partner, you know, things like that. So, and I would tell my partner these things and I would give him examples of like, okay, you did this. So next time, don't do that. <laughs> and it just would continue to happen over and over and over and over in lots of different ways. But it always boiled down to you don't respect me as a person. You don't see me as a partner. If you did, you would listen to the things that I told you the first time that I told you. <laughs> so. Okay. Okay. So um, we're about to take a break and then we're going to be right back. All right. We're going to take a break and then we're going to uh, dive in a little bit deeper and let our listeners um get to know you a little bit more and uh, see where that goes, okay? You all, all right. are listening to Conversations for the Culture. I'm your host, Michael Butler, and we will be back after this. Welcome back. Welcome back to Conversations for the Culture. I'm still here with Benji Fetch. Uh, we're just talking. We're talking life. We're talking about music. We're talking about sexuality. We're talking about all of the things. Real quick, because I know the people are going to, uh, you know, want to ask, you know, when they just start seeing your promotional material and all of that. Are you currently single? I am currently single, yes. Okay. You are currently single. So let's get into it. What is Benji's quote-unquote type? Hmm. Well, I'm, I like older, older men for the most part. Um, Why is that? Because I'm pretty established and I'm pretty mature for my age. And oftentimes if I... I just, it does never works with guys my age. They don't, they're not on the same page or wave. I feel that. What else? Other than older, what what else is your type? Um, I'm not super picky. Okay. Yeah. So as long as you're like ambitious, you have goals, um, supportive. So my love language is uh, quality time. <laughs> So I get real clingy and um, acts acts of service. So um, if you can like take some stress away from me by maybe make running an errand for me so I don't have to do it, that kind of stuff like really wins my heart over, you know? And yeah. Okay. I like that. I like that. Um, okay. So acts of service, um, quality time. Um, so Atlanta, right? Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> um, everybody knows Atlanta. It's you know it's the capital. We call it the black gay capital or whatever. Uh -huh. um, how is it dating in Atlanta? Because anytime I've been to Atlanta, it's I've no, it's it, I've noticed it's a lot. It's a lot. It's, it's a lot. It's very busy. It's like everybody wants to be a, a gay and if they're not gay they want to be a little gay when they can um <laughs> uh for me dating in atlanta is not bad i'm from here i'm accustomed to it um i also have like morals so like mm. a guy 
I know I'm attractive and a lot of guys do try to date me or a lot of guys try to get into my pants rather. So I'll be like, if we can date for 30 days, then it's worth it, right? Ooh, you got a 30 day rule? I have a 30 day rule. I like that. Yes, I have a 30 day rule. That. And it helps because otherwise I probably would, you know, I have some crazy mouths on me. Let's <laughs> <laughs> down there. <laughs> okay, 30 day rule. Yo, shout out to the 30 day rule. No, that takes a lot of discipline. Yeah, it um, does. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago with one of my um, my co-hosts and we were talking about we were saying that like most men don't have dick discipline at all. Mm -hmm. And that can really affect everything else, because if the only thing on your mind is sex, 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 you can't really be successful in like your friendships. You can't really be successful in your business, anything else, because like it's taking your it's taking your time away. Mm -hmm. So like dick discipline is a real thing. Shout out it to Nick Cannon. Or um, whole discipline. Discipline your hoe. <laughs> dick your whole discipline, y'all. Like, <laughs> give it a rest. <laughs> give it a rest. All right, so since we're on the topic, right? Since we're on the topic and you you, you brought it up in the list of things that we're able, we were able to talk about. Um, fetishes, right? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Yes, fetishes. Um, you know, you might have somebody who's willing to wait their 30 days. You might have somebody here who's listening, who, you know, they see you like, oh, I would like to get to know this gentleman. Uh, <laughs> what are some fetishes that you may have? Um, I don't know. I got, I really, okay, there's like one that's kind of like. <laughs> <laughs> Not too I can't believe I'm going to say this. Um, so like public masturbation is a fetish of mine. Okay. Yeah, of course. I mean, like, yeah, of course, but it's just like, it, it, it arouses me. Okay. The idea of it. Like I like to watch those kinds of flicks too. Like, it's just, <laughs> Listen, and they be out there. I'll be like, they be out there. To- <laughs> don't get me wrong. I am not going to have sex outside or like anything like that, right. but like public, it's just, it's hot. I'm like, oh, y'all at Walmart? Okay. <laughs> um, all right. So are there any artists out here that you have any, you know, crushes on? Don't judge me. I really okay. like Kodak Black. Okay. <laughs> okay. I he do. has a look. He has a look. He's so cute to me. And his personality, like, I I like him. Um you like them type of dudes, like, Street dudes, yeah, I do. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not like I said. I'm not picky, so right, I, right, right, right. I think Davies is real fine. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, Kodak Black. No judgment. <laughs> <laughs> Most of my homegirls be like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> I love him. That wasn't like, the name. That wasn't the name I was expecting, but you know. I also think he's super influential and he does not get the recognition he deserves. You know, Drive the Boat, he came up with that. Um, Bodak Yellow, he came up with that. <laughs> driving the Boat all, all summer last year. All pandemic, really. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so you mentioned earlier that you are an entrepreneur, correct? Yes. 
All right. So fetch arrangement. I've seen some of the stuff that you do. Tell me a little bit about that uh, business. How did it start? When did you start it? And just let people know what you do, especially for our ATL listeners. So, okay. you know, they might want to bring you on to one of their projects. One Absolutely. Of their Absolutely. So, well, I'm an ABA therapist by trade, like nine to five. What's so during, during the what is that you said? Yeah. Applied behavior analysis. OK. Mm-hmm. So uh, during the pandemic, though, things slowed down and mm-hmm. um, my partner at the time, of, of course, my partner was buying me a lot of flowers and I would like put them together, of course, around our house and everything. And um, he was like, you should start a business doing this. And at first I was like, no, you know, like, why would I do that? And then I was like, you know, what? that's not a bad idea. I am. I do enjoy doing this, you know, so I started it and, you know, I made some pretty good money off of it. I got to do the BMI awards at the um, Georgia Dome or the, what is it? It's not a dome anymore. I know what you're talking about. The stadium, the Mercedes-Benz stadium. The Mercedes-Benz, yeah. yeah. So that was pretty dope. So you worked that? Yeah, yes. We did the uh, centerpieces at the BMI awards. That's legit. That's really legit. So you do, do you do everything yourself? Do you have a team? Well, I'll hire out, I'll contract out um, and Smart. things like that. But if it's a small order, I'll just do it myself, of course. Okay. But that's just for now. I don't, um, I eventually would like a storefront. I'm working on doing some, getting some uh, licensures for pop-up shops. So, but don't think, like, you probably won't go there and see me. I probably will hire people to be there. You shouldn't be there because you're the the business mind. So you can be like, even with this podcast, I'm slowly starting to, um, give the reins up for a lot of the stuff, right? So like what Absolutely. I want to do is just show up to the interview. Everything's already done. Everything's set up. Everything is, you know, the producers has, you know, reached out who they need to reach out. I don't even have to do any of the post post work. Just show up. We got the recording and let my team do everything. And I believe that's one of the keys um, of entrepreneurship is being able to build a team that you trust and then giving them the autonomy to do whatever it is so you can go ahead and you can focus on whatever's next. Which um, for me next is my skincare yeah. line. We I'm going to be- go into that too. Look at this. Look at this, <laughs> look at this going off uh, seamlessly. So your skincare line. Um, yes. For those of you guys who don't know, if y'all go to his Instagram, what's your Instagram again? I am underscore Benji Fetch. I am underscore Benji Fetch. And Benji is B-E-N-J-I for those of you guys who don't know. Um, mm. If you guys go to his page, it's like his skin is skinning, y'all. So <laughs> how did you like what like so what is the skincare line going to look like? Um, what made okay. and then what made you care about skincare? Well, I care about my skin. Clearly, I always have had to. I have very sensitive skin, but I've always, I've also always gotten compliments on my skin because I've always taken care of it. Um, so my the uh, product is all vegan. Ooh, okay. Yeah, vegan. Uh, it's a great, it's great product. I'm gonna do an exfoliate, uh, mm-hmm. and it's gentle exfoliate. So I wouldn't use it every day, but maybe every other day, uh, daily. And then there's also gonna be a daily cleanse. Um, uh, repair serum, which will help with dark spots and things like that. Um, and then, of course, the moisturizer and a mist. So you got a little bit of everything. Uh, do you have like a timetable? What do you mean? Of when you're going to release this? Like when oh, do yeah. people expect it? 
Next next month, I want to get it out by Juneteenth. Oh, wow. I'm going to be filming a um, web series. I don't know if I should have said that I signed an NDA, um, but I'm going to be filming a web series, and okay. um, so we're. Uh, <laughs> I want to uh, definitely bring it there while I'm filming okay. and kind of make everybody wash their faces. <laughs> No, you'd be surprised. A lot of people don't wash their face. Like, a lot of men don't care about that, but you yeah, can. Get up and go. Mm -hmm. A little like, soap really? and water, but Perfect. then they wonder why their pores are huge and they have uh, blackheads all over their nose and, you know, right. things like that. Crust still in their eyes and they just get up and go. Um, right. But this, that, that's I think that's a men, a lot of men, no, just men in general with a mm -hmm. lot of things, with their nails, um, and then that goes to like the whole masculine and toxic masculinity, because certain toxic stuff, you know, certain stuff is like like men will be like, Oh, I can't go get a facial, that's gay, or I can't go get a manicure or a pedicure, that's gay. Mm -hmm. or, like I had somebody tell me <laughs> that they don't use baby wipes. Because <laughs> <laughs> I said, Oh, you don't got baby wipes at your house? And they're like, No, nah, we just use toilet paper. I said just toilet paper and they were like yeah uh we don't use baby wipes i'm like oh that's that's different yeah um but yeah he was like yeah that's gay i don't need to do all of that niggas man I said, <laughs> I said, <laughs> yeah my brother he's kind of like that but um well he lives with me now so i'd be like okay here wash your face with this <laughs> and he's my older brother so he'd be like if you don't get out my motherfucking face, but I'm like, no, for real, why should I need to make sure my product is good? <laughs> so are you making it? It's like, are you making the products yourself? Is it you? Uh, I'm titrating the recipes. So technically, okay. yes. And oh. I have a manufacturer to do the large. I love that. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Yo, I love to see, I love to see us black men just in this entrepreneurship space. Thank you. I do too. I love to see it. And it feels it feels really good to be in the seat, in the chair. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I also, also love the fact that, like, to see like black men in entrepreneurship, black men successful, and black men within the community um, doing these things, right? Because mm -hmm. there's this like stigma that all the members of the community we do is just sit here and like have sex with have sex for have money, sex with each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. So many people. Prostitutes. It's crazy. You said what? I said so many people are prostitutes. It's crazy. Yeah. But it's, it's like... It's or let me not say that. Are sex workers. So they'll like OnlyFans or all of that shit. Like, I'm like, yo, everybody's going to do that? I mean, it's a bag too. Yeah, yeah for I guess for a little bit. Until little, and that's the thing. Does. It's a bag for a little bit. But if you do do it, you got to have a strategy and an exit plan. Yeah. Because if everybody's out. doing it, you're eventually going to lose your fan base. <laughs> the money's going to dry up and they're going to go off to the next person. And if you didn't take that money, and that's my thing. If you're doing it, go ahead and take that money, whatever, whatever, and like invest in the business. Do something. Do something. Don't invest. And that's the thing. I feel like people, and that's just not members of the community. That's, that's black folks in general. We get a little bit of money and it's like, oh, let me go take this trip. Oh, mm -hmm. let me go ahead and get these Gucci slides. Let me go ahead and get this, this Balenciaga jumpsuit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, that's cool. But like, I want to see us do better. Absolutely. 
fashion. All right, let's get into fashion a little bit because you know you say you love fashion. Who are some of your favorite designers? Hmm, that's a good question. I like Mugler. Well, I'm, of course, I'm in the house of Mugler, but I really have been into like the things that they have been creating lately. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm honestly not a huge like label war. I, I like that. I love that. Yeah, I like fashion. Like uh, my house member Rico Chappelle. He's very talented, and he. Hold uh, on, you know Rico? Yeah, he's my brother. That is awesome. So I met like me and Rico are cool. He um he supported my brand Kings of Rise, and then I really, really? I supported, yes, I, House of Chappelle. I supported uh, House of Chappelle too. That's crazy. So we met on Clubhouse, um when you know when Clubhouse when everybody was stuck inside, uh we had mm -hmm. like connected on Clubhouse. I'm like and like yeah he's he's good people. That's crazy. He's a sweetheart. He's yeah. so talented too. Like he had he's made this um like 70s style uh suit with like a flare leg i wore and i felt like ooh, i felt like una baby <laughs> <laughs> i love that yeah labels don't matter and because there's a lot of people who just wear labels they're label whores but then like they can't dress yeah no exactly and then that doesn't like, wearing the label and that's it mm -hmm. absolutely Absolutely. And I like to express myself through what I'm wearing often. Mm -hmm. So um, if I'm going through a time of like depression or not happy, I'll be probably wearing a lot of black, mm -hmm. you know, or uh, nude. Mm -hmm. uh, but once I'm back, you know, feeling good, I, I like to do different things. I like to dye my hair. I like to, you know, throw a pink crop top on different Is things. Pink your favorite color? No, my favorite color is Tiffany blue. You did say that. You did say that. Because there is a lot of pink. I saw in a lot of pink on your page. There's a lot of pink. There's also blue. But there's also blue. <laughs> um, so yeah, the dyeing of the hair, that's really dope. I love express I love expression. Um, because like the cover that you did for um let's talk about the cover that you did, the artwork, the album artwork for It's Given. Um yes. you had like the green hair and it was like, were you like, was this like I looked at it, was it like um were you a marionette? Yes, I was a ventriloquist doll. Yes. Um, the chains, I also had the chains in my cover art for uh, Butch Queen. The chains represent mm -hmm. the chains of oppression. So, yeah. Um, and not just being a black man, but also being a gay man. So right. um, I had my, my sister was holding it. She was in like a, almost like a devilish outfit, mm -hmm. but she's also a trans woman. So I, I just a lot of symbolism, and there's always a lot of symbolism in the things that I do. I love it. I love your, um, I love your aesthetics. They're awesome and the visuals for all your stuff. Um, Thank you. <laughs> one thing that we didn't talk about, um, as we know, the world of hip hop is has a lot of isms, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, the world of and obics, right? Is there a lot of trans? Phobia in hip hop. There's a lot of homophobia in uh, yeah. hip hop. There's a lot of misogyny in hip hop. Um, it's 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 a lot of problematic things within hip hop, right? And it's since the beginning of time. Um, how is it navigating through the world of hip hop as a member of the LGBTQ community? Well, that is a great question. I'm always explaining this to people. So me being me, I mm -hmm. I carry myself a certain way. Um, and not to say I try and act like a straight guy because I don't and I don't want any I don't want people thinking, oh, he's straight. I don't well, I ask you that, too. I said, do you ever have to code switch? 
No, I don't. I don't. Um, when I was younger, I would. But now I've done so much, you know what I'm saying, to be comfortable in who I am that I don't code switch and I don't go into these studios and uh, talk to these engineers like I'm a different nigga than who I actually am. Right. Because people read that. And when you're uncomfortable and not being yourself, you're going to make other people uncomfortable and not be themselves. And then you're not going to be able to create the quality sound that you want. So you need to be yourself. And don't if you're timid and shy, be timid and shy, but you shouldn't be rapping or you shouldn't be an artist, you know, like, or... <laughs> Facts. I like that. I like that. Be yourself. Um, mm -hmm. And that's why I think people like, you know, your Cardi's. I think that's why I rock. I think that's why I respect her just because, oh, y'all, if y'all can't see it, there was a <laughs> shady eye roll that just happened. Oh, um, <laughs> no, but she's she's herself. Even you said who are they? Okay, so let's talk about that because I think he's being himself. Okay, why did why did little Nas get that? Sorry to this man. Why did he get the Kiki? Sorry to this man. Who? Um, I don't. I just I. <laughs> I mean, do you think he's been good for the community? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think uh, him and Santana are doing. Uh, great things for the culture as far as like as far as like opening doors and things like right. that yes um i just i don't know it's like the kendrick lamar thing i if i don't listen to you i'm not gonna get okay. on a podcast and act like i do you know what okay. i mean and i listen to art i like art i like poetry i like uh alliteration i like similes and metaphors i like you know rhyme schemes switch it up okay. um so and I like hip hop and I don't feel I just don't think he's not hip -hop. Nah, he's not. So maybe that's what it is. But he is. I do like I don't really care for his music like that. I like what he's done for the culture, how Absolutely. he's opened some doors. And what I will say is that man, like, don't troll him because he'll take whatever you do, whatever criticism. And that's what I respect about him is whatever criticism people have of him. He uses it in his music and in his art for the next thing. Yeah. So when he made them shoes and they were like, you're going, you know, well, yeah, when he made them shoes, they were like, going you're going to hell. Then he came hell. Back. Yeah, then he came back and no, first it was the, you're going to hell for being gay. So then he made a video about him going to hell and then he, <laughs> then he was having sex with the devil. Oh. Rocking those shoes. And then when he, then the whole thing happened when Nike was suing him and then he went ahead and he really? did like this little video that a promotional video where he released um him basically in the promotional video he released he was like in the courtroom he played all the different characters and they were sentenced okay. him. then he went to jail so then we got that video with jack harlow of him in jail oh, so wow. it's like he builds it all up and then the whole pregnancy thing was like i would say he's a marketer if any and like me as a somebody who's in marketing and whatnot as my you know I'm, i love I'm that I, I did i had no idea like yeah. I, I thought it's so creative but that's still the baby thing the, fake preg the pregnancy thing where he gave birth to his first album like or mm -hmm. his you know his new project like things like that i think that's really cool because i love creativity and it's like especially when it comes to album rollouts because i feel like everybody does the same exact thing mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it was just cool to see that now, did I listen to the project? No, absolutely not. But he had my attention leading up to it. Facts. Facts. That's what artists need to do. You always have to keep the attention of whoever your audience is. That's whether mm -hmm. you're an actor, a model, like whatever it is, you got to keep your audience's attention. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. What are we doing? Um, okay, so we're going to play another game here real quick. Not even a game, all right? We're going to do two things, right? Um, okay. So first, um, this is a new segment that we're introducing. It's called Black Mount Rushmore. Everybody okay. knows what Mount Rushmore is for people on the on a mountain, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so this week's Black Mount Rushmore is the rap edition. Give me who's on your Black Mount Rushmore. Okay, rap. So definitely gotta have. Ooh, this is tough. So we gotta have Nikki. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to have Jay Z. Mm-hmm. The goat. The goat. The goat. Um, I'm. I want Kodak Black up there. <sighs> okay. And. Hmm. I don't know. I can't think of the me. I'm the fourth member. Oh, I love that. I love that. I love yeah. that. Let's manifest that. So you, Kodak Black, Nikki, and Jay-Z. Yes. All right. And then we're going to shift real quick and we're going to do R&B because you do both. You sing and you rap, right? Okay. <laughs> um, Who's on your R&B Mount Rushmore? Uh, Beyonce. Of course. Shout out to the um, queen. Um, R. Kelly. <laughs> I try to hold it in. I'm sorry. Um, R. Kelly is a genius. He's so talented. He ain't never lied. Okay. He's a genius. <laughs> if you listen to his music, it's like, girl, what the You duh. still listen to R. Kelly? Yeah, I do. And you, but I also hear the influence. So Michael Jackson as well. Michael Jackson has to go up there. I also hear the influence in all of these other singers. Usher, of course, um, but, but R, of course. But like, when I'm Trey songs, like I hear R. Kelly. Yeah, but it's just like it's hard for me to listen to R. Kelly now. And I'm from Chicago, so it, it was a lot for me to get to that point. Um, <sighs> well, like that's kind of problematic. You don't think that's problematic? What? What's problematic about R. Kelly being on Mount Rushmore? What's the problem? <laughs> Not watch the news the past 10 years? Um, I don't know. I get it, but in the same token, I think that it would be different if he were like Throwing rocks and hiding his hands. You know, if you listen to his music, it's very much like I'm not surprised. It didn't surprise me because I listen to music. I listen to lyrics and I listen to what people talk about. These are kids. Like, that's well, we, my issue. We know that he, but, uh, and some of these kids, his mothers were dropping them off. So, and we know that um, R. Kelly, he's a freak. He sung about it. Which is nothing wrong wrong with being a freak. We also know that he liked younger women. Didn't he have a thing with Aaliyah? Yeah. Yeah. It's why everybody likes. I get it. I get it. Look, trust me, I get it. Because, like, we've known this man. I I have a ride with R. Kelly for years. Because, like, being from Chicago, I've known that he was a (laughs) dirtbag. Right. That's the thing. Like, I didn't, when I was listening to his music, I did not think he was, like, fucking. Good, like good guy. I thought he was a freak, and he made great music. You know, I so like. You're saying you can separate the art from the person, from the art from the artist. 
Yes, until you start throwing shoes at people and shit. Oh my god! So shoes are throwing shoes is worse than sleeping with little girls and pissing on them. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> throwing shoes at your idol it is that's like deranged. Oh so but anyway, you know there's gonna you're gonna like I, my so some of my listeners are like really like you might get some smoke coming your way. I am not scared. We got okay. so many. I got so many guns. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You definitely gonna get the smoke. Okay, and another one. I mean, that actually. So I was gonna play uh, unpopular black opinion with you, right? That's the thing that we do on the show. Unpopular black opinion, something okay. that is unpopular um, amongst black folks. And um, I don't know, Lizzie. Let me know in the comments. That might be it right there. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, there's hella, there's hella black folks still stepping in the name of love and having a backyard party and saying yes. that they people. I didn't finish my four. I didn't finish my four R and B. I said so Beyonce, Beyonce Michael, Michael Jackson, R. Kelly, R. Kelly. Um, who's my fourth gonna be? It's not me. <laughs> it's not gonna be me. I want to say um, Aretha Franklin. Awesome. Come on. Listen, Aretha Franklin is a legend. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Beautiful hands. And she was so ahead of her time and also so involved in her time. Mm -hmm. So I I love the culture. She did stuff for the, I mean, like, she helped move the culture along. Yep. And like, she's the shade queen. Like, <laughs> if you listen to like any of her interviews, like when she's talking about like the interview she did with Patty LaBelle, it was like her Patty LaBelle, Gladys Knight on Oprah, old school interview that I was seeing like after she passed away, and just like the the shots she was throwing at the ladies was like amazing because like she knew that she was it, and like yes. you know we use this term diva, like diva this this person diva, mm-hmm. but like Aretha Franklin was like a diva in the true sense of the word. Absolutely. When you have to, she's been a singer her whole life. So Mm -hmm. she, like, a lot of people go to school and uh, go to college and then grad school and learn things from other people, learn uh, how to communicate with other kinds of people and things like that. But when you are a singer and people are idolizing you, you kind of uh, learn from yourself. You go yeah. through your own experiences, you know what I'm saying, and blossom within yourself. And I think that is kind of where I am now mm-hmm. as well. It's in so like when I went and seen a movie, it was very relatable. Which one? The one was uh the one in the theaters or the one that yeah. came on TV? Theaters. Okay. Yeah, that was like, a good movie. Jennifer Hudson did his name. It was great. Jennifer <laughs> I like Jennifer Hudson. Shout out to Jennifer. She's from Chicago. She's from here. So <laughs> We're going to, instead of um, unpopular black uh, opinion, uh, before we close out, I want to do black card revoked with you, okay? So black card revoked okay. is a game that we play. Um, and I just asked my guests, what's one thing that would get your black card revoked? For me, it was, for my own self, it was the fact that I didn't know how to do the lecture slide. And they was like, you got you to gotta get up out of here. I said, oh, well. So for you, what would get Benji's black card revoked? Um, um, oh, I don't know. I, I do. I'm a nigga. 
<laughs> Yo, uh, that is the greatest. I don't really like watermelon. I like the watermelon flavor, but the fruit of watermelon, I don't like eating it. Okay, so actually someone else has said that, and I'm starting to believe that, like, um, I don't, I'm starting, the more and more, like, you're literally the second person to say that on the show, and then I've had this conversation with a lot of people. I'm starting to believe that black people don't actually like watermelon, and that's, yeah, that's not like they say we do. I yeah. think that's like what white people just came up with and say, yeah, black people you like watermelon. Think watermelon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably because it's a large. Um, I, if I had to think about it, I would think it's because it's a large fruit. Mm-hmm. So when we were put into the ghettos, we had to feed lots of people. Oh, so they probably got the fruit, chopped it up. It was, you know. Everybody can eat off it. So, like, when it comes to melons, like, mm-hmm. I like personally like cantaloupe. I feel like cantaloupe is a way better fruit than watermelon. Yeah, I agree. It's I don't so like either, good. honestly. Cantaloupe or like watermelon. No, I like, um, I eat apples almost every day. I eat a green apple. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and av- I don't know if an avocado is a fruit. Is an avocado a fruit? Um, I think so. I'm allergic though, so I can't eat that. You're allergic to avocados? Yeah. Oh, so damn. the first time I found out, I was uh with some friends. We went out to you know Taco Tuesday type deal, margaritas, tacos, everything. I had guac, you know, they had chips and guac. I'm just like smack. I had never had it before, so I didn't know I was allergic to it, right? So I'm smashing this, and then I'm sitting there, and I'm like, <clears throat> like later on in the dinner, it's I'm like getting itchy. Yeah, it started getting mm-hmm. itchy. My throat started closing up, and then yeah, I found out that I'm allergic to avocados. So now I don't touch it. Obviously, somebody's like, "Oh, just bring an EpiPen with you," but like, it's not that serious. It's not that or deep. Take a, you could take like a um, Benadryl <laughs> or antihistamine before you eat it, and you'll be you should be fine unless you're severely allergic. I'm not gonna risk it. Yeah. Okay. Guacamole. I'm not gonna risk it. Um, okay. One last thing, right? Before we um ask where people can like find you and everything. This has been first of all, this has been an awesome um conversation. Definitely, if you ever want to come back, just let me know and we can get you back on the show. Um okay. where do you see yourself, right? So, like when we go ahead and let's say five years from now, we go ahead and we run back the tape. When mm-hmm. conversation for the culture is on Revolt TV and we doing our thing on a much bigger platform, and I say, let me go back to the podcast and go back to this interview with Bendy five years ago. Where will you be in five years? Where do you want to see yourself in five years? In five years, I'll definitely be touring. I'll be a touring artist. Um, my my businesses will be flourishing. So, Fetch Arrangements will have storefronts in Atlanta, California, New York, and Chicago. Um, uh, my skin line, of course, will be flourishing. Probably do um, so. Also, with my skin line, I'm pairing with the esthetician here in Atlanta. So I, I would like to open more of like I guess little studios, so that mm-hmm. people can go get the facials and buy the product there. So I would like to have those also in uh, Atlanta, New York, Chicago, California. Um, touring. Oh, I want to start some mental health homes. So I told you I do ABA therapy. So mm-hmm. I would like to have some homes and clinics all around, really Atlanta more so, the city here, because I work, you know, this is my career, and I see that right. there's a lack of here. So I would love to be able to do that for for us. Um, uh, married. Kids probably on the way. Okay. 
if not already having kids. Um, so yeah. I love that for you. I love that. That's good. All right. We're going to run this back. And then, you know, five years from now, uh, we're going we to see what's up. Um, that's dope. That's dope. Um, oh, yeah. Face, before we get out of here, facials. So I always know facials is a thing. Um, did you? I mean, you probably know, but our listeners don't know this probably. Booty facials. That's a what, thing now. What is that? Where you? What is that? So, you know, like the same stuff that people do to like your, you know, with the facials, like with, you know, regular facials. Yeah. I've been seeing, I forget who it is. Somebody I do uh, follow on Instagram. They do like butt facials, basically. The same type like of thing that they. The outside cheeks or yes, like the, the cheeks, the cheek, not the oh. inside. We're not going on the inside. The outside. Oh. Did you know that was a thing? That's different. I feel like I've seen it when I was scrolling on Instagram and I thought it was See? like a. A parody or something. No, but that's a thing now, and it's I, obviously is like really popular now. Hmm. Maybe I'll have to get one. <laughs> I don't know why it's popular, but I it's like it's a. Thing it's it's, it, it's a little intriguing. I think I might want one. Yeah, they put like the scrub on it and everything. Mm-hmm. Like it's a real thing now, and they call but it like. I, maybe that's. I don't know. That's that's that is a little strange though. What do you need that for? Unless you like a a stripper. Uh, <laughs> Mm-hmm. I get yeah, or if you I got think, butt acne, I think people be having butt acne and stuff. So maybe oh, that could maybe. be it. Mm-hmm. Butt acne. Sorry, that that's that sounds that sounds terrible. Yeah, this conversation has <laughs> gone everywhere. We've talked about business, we've talked about religion, we've talked about butts and fetishes. <laughs> this has been a good one. Um, it's been where can people find you at? Um, y'all can find me. Um, on Instagram at I am underscore Benji Fetch at I A M underscore Benji Fetch. Um, also on Twitter, same at or on Spotify, title, Apple Music, YouTube, everywhere. Benji Fetch, look me up, get into the catalog. Butch Queen 2 is also dropping very soon and it's spicy. Now, let me get real quick before I let you out of here, because sometimes I can't help it. And I got to get into like my my job job and my content coaching and content marketing bag. Why aren't you doing TikTok and why aren't you doing reels? (sighs) (laughs) So you have a personality. You rap, you sing, you dance. I don't have time. I don't have time. Mm, I'm serious. I'm serious. I'm literally always working, Uh like, or at the studio or working, uh, doing my businesses. Like, I'm very busy. Um, I want to get more involved with TikTok. I was, you're not the first person to ask me that. (laughs) Because it's going to help you. It's going to help you get in more, in front of more people. And we could talk, we could talk offline or whatever, right? Um, because there's things that you could do. Like sometimes, like when I'm at the studio, right? I'll send you one of the send you one of the reels. So like when I'm at the studio, like shooting content or whatever for like whatever it is, like for my own brand or whatever. Um, a lot of times I just set up a camera and just boom, do just it. set up the yeah. set up the so, tripod or whatever, and just boom, time lapse it up, and then that's content yeah. for you. Yeah, it's just me though too. I I I don't have help. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's, it's just it's just me, but okay. Um, <laughs> so I got you though. I got you. I got you. Everything. So my businesses, my work, my uh, music, everything is just me. So it's like 
it can be a lot. And sometimes I do just want to unwind, but you're right. I do need to get a little more active. So I have been, I had started uh, being like a big old host, big old live. You know that? You know what that is? Yeah, I know big old. You be on there fighting with everybody? No. Because a lot of the big old people, they be on there like. I realize that now. I'm no longer, I don't think I'm a host anymore because they make you go live for two hours a day and I didn't have time to do it. I couldn't, I just. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I got to figure something out. I think once, um, hopefully a year from now, I'll have a little bit more free time, you know, and I'll be able to do things like that. But right now I'm so focused on my craft and Mm -hmm. booking these movie roles and shit like that. It's like, I feel it. I feel it. I feel it. Just, uh, you know, looking, you know, every once in a while, post a, at least post a reel up there every once in a while, just to get people, because people want to continue to like. Oh, right. I'll do a freestyle. I might do one when I get off of here. I might do a freestyle there and post go. that. There you go. There you go. That's how people are really going to connect with you, even on a deeper level, and mm-hmm. just like build your platform even more. Well, thank you for the advice. I need you to. Uh-huh. Um, we need to. I need some consultation, so maybe we can talk. Yeah, offline. we could talk offline, and um, even um, I'm planning on coming down there at some point. So we even like, oh. even if I come down there, like, and we could just like, um, because I got a potential client who owns a wing bar down there, and if okay. I come down there, I'm gonna be coming down there for a weekend, and like on the Saturday, I'm gonna be shooting a whole bunch of content for her. So, okay, we'll definitely talk offline. Let's think. We could do like a um business dinner or something. Right. I'm with it. I'm with it. I'm with it. All right, y'all. Well, that was Benji Fetch. He's uh, go check out his music. It's really good. He got good music. Check him out on all streaming platforms. And I know y'all love the show, but y'all love when Porsche is here more. Uh, Porsche will be back with me on Friday. Um, and we got a lot of spicy topics to talk about Friday. This has been Conversations for the Culture. I love y'all. Thank you for tuning in. And as always, stay black.